the ultimate deck podcast need a show about outdoor living this is where it's at with your host shane chapman and way loren thank you for tuning in now let the show begin the ultimate deck podcast let's go welcome to the ultimate deck podcast with wade and shane episode 197 197 we're getting there we're getting pretty close to that magical number it's it's a big number and yet not like we've done nothing with it we've like not it's like there's no big plans for episode 200 no you know that we're actually past 200 now if we count um sponsored episodes and some of the like extra stuff we've done yep from shows and stuff Live that we count as an episode number. We're actually over 200 now. So there you go. We've oh. 200 episodes. Plus. A- and our new short format episodes, 10s, is launching tomorrow, which depending when I put this one up, it may already be up. Yeah. It's launching it's Thursday morning. It's probably up <laughs> yeah. yesterday. I think I'm going to put this one up pretty quick because <laughs> we skipped last week. So this will go up pretty quick. Uh, you're not going to be here for the next couple of days because what are you doing? I'm going to go bear hunting. Again, have you gone yet this year? I went this spring. Yeah, I thought so. So there's two seasons. There's spring season and fall season. Yeah. And so. When they wake up and when they go to sleep. Right before they go to sleep. sleep. Want to get them groggy either on the way in or on the way out. Yeah. Well, I think it's based around like eating habits, right? So when they first wake up, they're like the hungriest. And so then they're easy to trick because they're hungry. Right. And then right now they're getting ready to go to bed. Yeah. They're also very hungry. Like, that's a son of a bitch, hey? He's just like getting him. ready to tuck in and bam! What's up? I hope it's a lot quieter than that. I want to shoot him with my bow, I think. Okay. Yeah. Than that. Right. <laughs> yeah. But either way, before the bed, sneak attack. Awful time. Yeah. Uh, anyways, and Deck Expo is coming up right away. We're, what is today? The 18th, 19th ish? 19th, yeah. I think. Yeah, 19th. And so we're only like three, four weeks away from heading down to Deck Expo. Excited for that because it's been our, we've been on a bit of a hiatus from it because yeah. of COVID and stuff. It's been yep. like three years. I think what, Louisville? Was that the last one? I don't know. It's been a while. So I'm excited to get back down there too. And um, it's going to be a lot of good folks down there. So yeah, I'm excited because for us, the show is different. This will be the first time we've done it as the pool spa patio show. Right. Right? True. And so Last for time it was us, JLC. Yeah. yeah, it was with JLC. And so it was yeah. like some house remodeling stuff. And not that like not that that's not great, but pool spa patio is certainly a lot more in our wheelhouse than insulation drywall paint. Yeah. Or whatever. Insulation doesn't get your rocks all off. <laughs> but I'm oh. hey? uh, Okay, we'll go through a couple would you rather questions here before we get into today's topic. Wade, would you be so kind as to pick a number between one and, I don't know, 11. like, sure. Would you rather win $25,000 or have your best friend win $100,000? Best friend win 100000 Just assume that I'm giving you half or what? Nope. <laughs> What's the logic there? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why I would do that. That's just what happened in my head. There's more money out there. So hundred, like, yeah, hundred grand. Like you got can three, be. You got three kids, man. You need it more. <laughs> yeah, hundred grand can be like that. Could be like near life changing money. Not life changing. Well, kind of. But twenty five grand certainly is not. Twenty five like grand you pay off your car. Yeah, maybe hundred grand. You're getting closer to paying off the mortgage. Yeah, in a few more of those. Likely. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, I don't like. Selfishly, the twenty five works better, but the hundred is more, and so like that's better. The more money, the better. Okay, for people. Well, 
We'll say right now that if each of us wins $100,000 at some point, we'll give the other one at least the twenty-five, so we don't have to ever have to worry about this question. Right. Like, you win either way. Yeah, because 100 isn't paying your house off. Not paying no, mine No, probably off. not. No. But not many houses yeah. get paid off yet. But still, 75 is still pretty serious. Yeah. You could just about buy a new truck for that. Just about. Make a pretty serious <laughs> down payment on one anyway. Uh, pick another number between one and whatever. 16. 19. Uh, 16, we've done that one. How about last page? Oh, no, we've done that too. you got to pick a new number. 16 is not going to work for you. 19. Sure. Would you rather get a pimple on the night before important date or get sick every time after an important date is over? Pimple. Pimple before the date or get sick after a date? Pimple before. Every date? It didn't say. Before an important date. Yeah. One. Fair enough. Yeah, that's, I think that's the right answer regardless. Like, <laughs> Even if it was all of them still before, yeah. I don't care. It's like the pimples are just like maybe a little bit embarrassing. You probably even hide it. Or But getting it. sick after every day, it would be like no good. Yeah, just show up and be like, yeah, I got a zit on my face. That's one of the things I traded for uh, prosperity. Yeah. What? Well, I had to, it was a negotiation <laughs> I was in. Yeah. So I'll pick up the tab. I love his confidence. He just showed up with massive heaters on the tip of his nose every time we've gone out. It's... Effing strange, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, another number. Make it between one and ten this time. Nine. It's a little bit easier. Would you rather go blind or go deaf? Deaf. Yeah. Blind would be awful. And have you heard like you hear those stories of people that like have lost their sight gradually, like they know oh. they know what's coming, and it's like I have not heard those stories. Yeah, there was one I saw not too recently where it was like and. It always sucks when it's a kid. It was like a kid who was like, maybe it was actually even just a TV show, a commercial, so not real life, but I'm sure it happened in real life too, where the kid was like, he was going, they were putting him under for an operation. He was going to wake up without eyesight anymore. So it's like, can you imagine counting no. down to being blind, knowing that that's it? Nope. <sighs> nope. Not good for anybody. <clears throat> well, that was awful. That was. Way to end that. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was what it was. <laughs> too. Uh, let's get to the topic. All right. So today's topic is around the retail side of the business. We don't do a lot of these because we tend to focus these things for homeowners who are building decks or to contractors and industry people. That's kind of what it is. We don't rarely get into the retail side of things. We rarely get into the retail side. Not that there's not retailers that listen to us. There are, but it's just like, I don't know. It's our day-to-day. We just like, we feel... We're not usually talking to them, but it's come up recently. Plus you don't want to give away too many trade secrets, you know, right? It's come up recently on Facebook group, like discussion around the retail side of things. And there's more and more contractors that seem to be eyeing up this opportunity to go retail to like either. I don't know that many are switching to retail. I think most are like trying to add retail, trying to like, they're trying to buy better. Let's be, let's be honest. The driving force for most of them is probably like, well, if I could buy my own materials at wholesale, then I'd mm-hmm. make more money. Mm-hmm. So we did that sort of, but our intention was never to to continue to be contractors. We were opening the store to get out of the contracting business and to switch to the dealer side because we liked the industry. We liked the products. We liked the everything about it and wanted to help people. That was our driving force. Good thing that was our motivation. Yeah. What, like, what we felt was happening in, like locally was that, the people were being underserved. Right. Right. And it was like, well, rather than having someone run around to several different yards and gather 
you know, per, like prices or quotes on product from a bunch of different locations. Why couldn't you just have it all in one location? Yeah, I and think speak to somebody who is knowledgeable, right? And was like, let's yeah. let's do that. Let's put a together a store that's full of all of the products and all of the options, or or the mo like most of them. Yeah, by people who know what they're talking about. Right. That was the idea. And yes, you were a contractor for two years. Yeah. While we first started the store, uh, or we would have died of starvation. Yeah, that's how we. Uh, that's how we. Uh, fed ourselves yep. for a little bit, but it was always it, it was always the plan. It was like I'll I'll keep working for this first year, whatever. Because at the, let's be honest, at the first year we didn't take any more than one or two people to run the store, and you were our only customer. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and we knew that if I would buy material, that's how we would move material. So the plan was for me to continue to do that until the store got busy enough. Knock on wood, hopefully, yeah, um, that I could then stop as well and join the store. And that Which, all that played out like yep. two years of two that, years. and then. And then that was the plan. Then we talked to a lot of contractors, you know, those couple of years leading up and there was always pushback. It's like, well, you're my competition. And that's one of the biggest things is like these guys that are planning to try to open up a retail business while they're still contracting and then hoping that their competition will just kind of like overlook that. It's like they don't necessarily overlook that. Some may be okay with it. Many will not be okay with it. Yeah, it took us almost a year and a half to get some of the local guys to even come talk to us. Yeah. And then it and was then like, it took had, a little more time. Like, no, no. We're like, we're, I'm stepping away from it. Like we did everything to try to be like, well, we're not trying to compete with you. And it's like, but you, but you are at that point. Yep. It's like, there's no, like you I are. I remember back then going to some estimates and it's like, now the guy we were trying to get at shop for her store was just at this person's house. Yeah. I got another quote from these guys too. And it's like, oh, great. Uh, ooh, that's awkward. I'm trying to tell these guys I'm not competing with them. And here I am in the same backyard that he was just in. Yeah. So that's tricky if you're planning to continue to do a contracting business and then hoping that you can get contractor sales out of this retail arm is like, that's tricky if you're not planning on stepping away from it. Yep. So That wasn't even on the list. It wasn't on the list. But what we did a list of is like, we got in, like, we never... We never sat down and were like, we're going to make millions. This is a plan to get rich. That was not ever the conversation for us. Uh, it was. We don't. You were kind of done with like hauling tools around and contracting. I was wanting to get yeah. away from the corporate job and like do my own business. There was there was motivation there that was not related to the money side of things. We were just hoping we could make it work money, obviously, and, yep. and earn a living. Yep. But the motivation was not to go make money. And I feel like a lot of these contractors are looking at it because they're like, well, I can make another 10% of my materials or whatever the number is by having this arm. And it's like, sure, there might be a little bit of money in it. But what we've learned is like the margins are shit. They're, uh, <laughs> like, and everybody, you can't be doing it money driven. They told sure. us that people <clears throat> told us that before we got into it. And it was like, okay, so I like, actually like, not motivated by the, the money, first, but for the first couple of years, I actually still thought they were wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as we were purchasing and like growing our inventory, I was like, these guys are silly. Like you actually, no, no, no. You totally make money at this. Because it, 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 um, there's a bell curve to the overhead, to yeah. the operation side of the business. Yes. When you first out, and I know there's another guy who just like, he's trying to do his own retail store and he thinks he's winning right now, but it's like, you've got no, uh, early on when we first started, it was like, yeah, when somebody came in and bought $10,000 deck, it was like, celebrate. It's like, Yeah. We just made like whatever, a couple grand in that job. It's like, yeah, because it's just you. You're not taking a check. You're renting a closet mm -hmm. and you didn't have to inventory the material and you don't have like, you have none of the overhead yet. So yeah, sale is exciting. As you grow and need to add that overhead, the overhead becomes significant. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden it like, 
you need a lot more sales to be able to pay those bills. Yeah. So yeah, we probably dollars and cents is probably make more in year one than you will in year six. But percentage wise, we absolutely did. Yeah. It wasn't even close. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one thing that I know when, before we opened when we were kind of like on our way and we were talking to like people in the industry and the buying groups, it's like, boy, that's a tough industry guys. It's like, that's like, there's no margin in that stuff. And it's like, okay. Cause it was, we weren't motivated by the money. If it was like, well, we're doing this to, to, to get rich. And they were like, there's no money. And it would have been like, Oh shit, really? But for us, it was like, no, this is what we want to do. We want to like, yeah. we want to get into business doing this. We want to help people. We want to like make an impact in the industry. We want to like control our destiny and help and everything else. And it was like, we just need to be able to, to feed ourselves too. At the same time, it has yeah. to be a career for us, but we're not expecting to open one store and get rich. Yeah. So it never scared us off. And we're like, well, we'll find a way. But you're right. Those first few years, it's like the margins you get in the first few years was like, it was great because you didn't have any overhead. You had... Yeah, like your burn rate a month was like what, seven thousand dollars or something like. Boy, it wouldn't have even been that <laughs> like, high. There's no way probably it was that not because yeah. we had no employees either. Yeah, right. We had like in year two we had four employees. Yeah, right. And we didn't even buy a delivery truck until what year two or th- two. three? Year two because we were still at the first location. Yeah, when we finally bought a delivery truck. Before that, we were just like we truck were hiring and a tow truck. Well, sure. Before that, we had a guy with the tow truck and a tilt deck dropping lumber off too. Yep. So it was like. That overhead was next to nothing because we just paid a guy to drop stuff off. Was it super professional? Uh, no. Not the great, greatest marketing thing to have a tow truck company dumping your materials up, but you did what you had to do, right? Yeah. So It was yeah, a fixed cost. The there was no, tough. like, like we knew exactly what that was going to cost. Yeah. We didn't, like, there was no damage to houses. There's no, the truck didn't break down. The truck didn't get stuck. Yeah. You didn't have a $400 tow bill. Yeah. Like, you just had $75. Yeah. Or $9,000 transmission bill or a, yeah. a $14,000 whatever bill yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it's a little bit easier to be naive about it in the first. And you have like, you have to be or else you'd quit. If you weren't naive to Holy all this shit, you'd never so, bother. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the naivety is good, I guess. Well, it gets you to further down it the road gets, by being naive about what's coming up. To where you need to be. We've told this story. I've told the story numerous times, especially when I'm doing like entrepreneur chats about <laughs> you and I sitting, I feel like it was at Leo's or something. I'm almost positive it was at Leo's East. And we were like getting ready. It was still like, it was before Christmas, I think. So we weren't like, we were, we knew we were doing this, but we weren't super, I don't even think we had a building yet. And it was like, you would ask me like, what's the what's the one like major roadblock that you're seeing right now that you yeah. think we have to do before we open? And I, yeah, yeah. I don't remember my answer. And I was like, but it was like something simple probably. It was like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know where we're supposed to buy trucks from. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about like how we get it off a semi when we do order it. We don't have a forklift. And it was like, that hadn't even dawned on me yet. <laughs> like, that's how naive I was. <laughs> we're like two months into committing to the idea. And I was like, right. Well, where the f- where are we going to get a forklift from? <laughs> how are we going to afford that? So, yeah. And it was like, how are we going to afford that? But we were so far away. We didn't know what a forklift cost. Right. It was yeah. like, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, there was... Like that learning curve in the first year was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. I feel like it's been a learning. I, I feel like we've been learning hard for seven years, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. we're, maybe we're starting to get down to the finer details now of ironing, of learning and ironing out. Not the big like, oh, we don't have a forklift. Not those kinds of things anymore. Yeah. But it's like, you're still, we're still learning and still, and still tweaking. So I mean, anyways. I feel like it's not as steep. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah, Maybe well, and you've got a team around you now too. But yeah, 
Anyway, so long, long and short of that is the margins are tough in this business because it is so competitive. You're competing against box stores for one and then local lumberyards for two. Like there's other, other operations selling outdoor living products. And unfortunately, it's very competitive. Like, yeah. And there's not much margin to be had there. So uh, you try to set it up what you need to make money and then hope that you're not getting beat down constantly with... And not only that, but you're you're your season to make margin is so short. It depends where you live on that one, but yeah. It could be. So for us, it was seasonally, but if you have an end of season, it's like, well, that's when everybody starts to panic and clear their inventory out. So then good luck getting full margin at the back half of the year. Like <laughs> yeah. you got to make hay while the sun shines in the spring and summer because when it starts to get to the back half of summer, fall, that's when the, the prices start to erode pretty heavily. And it's like... And then it's like... You got low single digit profit margins on things and you start discounting... Um, it's ugly. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, the other thing that has been a reality over the last couple of years is um, other people seem to have, maybe they don't have better buying power. We've been told over and over that our, our purchasing power is equal to or better than some of the box stores. Yeah. I find that near impossible to believe, but whatever. Let's say we believe them. When... When the box stores buy product, they buy it by rail car full. And so when they decide it's time to move product, they actually can. They just like, they can afford to slash those numbers. Yeah. And I remember people coming in and handing me a sheet or looking up on their website what they were selling fence boards for or deck boards for. And it's like, well, that's less than I can buy them for. Yeah. But, but Lowe's had four rail cars full and they had to get rid of it. Because we have to realize this loss in this calendar year, so it's got to go. Yeah, and then like then one. Now and I they, lose too. And they can, they can, bury or average out those losses amongst the million and other, a million and one other product categories that they're in. Correct. It's like okay, yeah, we're gonna have to eat it on this on this lumber. We're gonna blow it here at the end of the year, but that's okay because we make ninety percent on our washing machines. Yeah, and like or how light many, bulbs, like and we for, sell for them. They sell whatever. $5 million worth of backyard living material stuff on, out of a $50 million store. Right. So it's like when they slash that, it's like there's tons of margin to make up elsewhere. When you're a specialty store like ours, when you slash an entire category and that's the only category you operate in, mm-hmm. where, are you, where are you making it up? You're not. You can't. <laughs> so it's a little bit tougher there too. You can get into some different product categories that are still kind of related or maybe we've seen some type of operations like this get into categories that they probably shouldn't be in. They've kind of lost their niche and gone and like, well, shit, we're going to start selling whatever, flooring or something else. And it's like, I in a desperate thought- attempt to make money in an off season. But <laughs> I've thought about selling hardwood flooring. Yeah. It's like, how hard could it be? We have like, it's similar. I did in, like I installed hardwood flooring at one point in my life. Yeah. I, I'm familiar with how that needs to go down and some tricks to putting it down. You're going to want to put this down with this hid fast nailer. That's the best one for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I already got a flooring nailer. No, 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 no. I want like this. So, so uh, and that would tie into the idea that cash flow sucks in this industry. Yeah. It so is, it is a uh, tough, tough. Again, if you're yeah. in a more moderate, consistent climate, maybe that balances a bit more, but um, every year at this time of year, it's pretty shitty. <laughs> when, <laughs> When the bills keep coming in from the yeah. middle of the year, but the sales start to slow down, it's like you're yep. constantly trying to juggle and balance that cash flow and liquidate things and 
Yeah, and get prepared for next season because you have to like there's some stuff that happens in the spring that you got to pay for before you even get a chance to sell. Yeah, and so you got which really grinds my gears. You by be the ready way, for that. Start uh, calling people out here pretty quick. You better move off this one first before you burn bridges. All right. <laughs> um, what did you? Well, yeah. All of your frustrations, but imagine you're on the other side of that. And so that one's right. geared towards the contractors that are thinking they should open a store. Yeah. So this comes from a little bit of my own personal experience because I've been, well, we've both been on the side where it's like, you didn't have to worry about how a lumberyard operates. You expect your shit on site in good condition with, and just things are supposed to happen for you. When I want it there. Yeah. And not, no damaged boards. And then when I don't want them there anymore, you get rid of Like you just, mm-hmm. ex- you expect that to run. Somebody else is handling all that for you. Mm-hmm. To make that all smoothly. You just have to show up and build the thing, which is what you want to do. You don't have to mm-hmm. worry about what happens behind the scenes with how the material gets to you. Um, and I see this sometimes when guys hop on to social media somewhere and start like blasting a lumberyard. Or, and often it's like legit points. Often I'm like, shit, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Your lumberyard gets away with saying no to that or whatever. Like there's yep. often that too. But there's also often times where I'm like, I see the other side. It's like, yeah, but come on. You can't expect that. Like, I don't have an example, but there's been times where I've kind of seen it from both angles. I'm like, yeah, I know it sucks, but like, you need to understand that, you know, what that, what had to go through, what had to happen for that to happen in the first place or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so now all of a sudden the logistics. When, like when they're talking about lead times or something, right? It's like, I tried to order some rail and it took forever to get here and then some of it came damaged. Yeah. And then they blast their lumberyard. It's yeah. like, well, the lumberyard wasn't stocking it. That's why they had to order it in. So it's not their fault. And so, like, settle down. Yeah. Or just, like, even something like that, and it's like they get they fly off the handle or something because something showed up damage, and it's like, yeah, sometimes shit happens. <laughs> sometimes you cut a board short. Sometimes you damage the thing. Sometimes we damage the thing. Sometimes we knock over a lift of freaking deck. Like, some yep. shit happens sometimes, and yes, it's inconvenient sometimes, but that's why it's like, don't go blasting other people all the time because that could, if you're thinking of doing this, that's your people now that just did that. So yeah, it's nice to have grace from people <laughs> and the logistics of running a retail store, forget the retail store side of things, but the lumber yard aspect of things and moving large, heavy material around is not easy. It is Especially, super Especially we were talking about a lot of contractors not complaining about uh, hiring people and finding good people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so how does that go for you when you hire a guy who's not good because you're just des- you're desperate finding people that have some sort of skill, or whatever? It's like it's no different when you throw somebody in, a, in heavy machinery mm-hmm. or a delivery truck mm-hmm. and expect them to know their job or pick some, one of the nine thousand SKUs off a shelf and know exactly which one. Like that's an issue for everybody. Yeah. Qualified talent, available people, people that are willing to learn, be trained, etc. Mm-hmm. That affects everybody. Yep. So we've certainly been through that as well. And it's like, that's why we try our best to make things right because it's impossible to make things not ever go wrong. It's going to go wrong. Correct. That's how you react to it. So for example, like Adam's post the other day with the decorators that came, it's like, yeah, that's, I'm shocked that his lumber when, if that was us, we'd be like, shit, yeah, sorry. That's not how that should Sorry, go. I didn't read out the rest of that. I just saw it and was like, this is what they sent. Did the lumberyard exchange that product for no, him? No, they were telling him no. Oh, yeah. like you should have ordered 10% more to cover any potential like nope. so that's damages or whatever. And it's like, it's nine out of 27. That's a lot higher than 10%, first of all. Uh, like Second of all. absolutely no chance that I would not have replaced Logistically those. didn't order the boards properly to protect from this kind of thing. Like you erred on this. Yeah. Like, that's just like, 
Yeah, uh, that's like, unreal. We would have exchanged. <laughs> we would have exchanged those boards. There's but no way that I would not have. This is not sticking up for them at all because I, the, that dealer in that case I think was completely in the wrong. But here's why they're so hesitant to want to be able to do that right now. Those nine boards is all of your margin and then some of that full lift of material, right? That yes. thing shows up with 48. Yep. If you damage, if you damage nine boards out of 48, you've lost like you're under on it. You've now lost all your money. Correct. Damage is like killer in this industry. Because it's like there's no recouping that. No. That was one of the, the first fall. things my dad told me when we started here. So dad owns a lumberyard, obviously. For people that don't know that, my dad owns a lumberyard. He told me one of the very first things is learn how to control your waste. And that means like you will have boards that warp and twist and break and all that. Find a way to sell those. Find a way to make those make money. Yeah. And he was like, and if you can fix your fall down, then you'll you'll be okay. Yeah. You you do, might be able to survive. Do you remember when we rode off all that stuff when we finally moved out of Dudney? Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so some of that stuff happens because it's damaged. Some of it happens because it showed up that way. Hopefully you can get a vendor credit for it or something if that's the case. But we talk about, a lot of contractors talk about, um, you know, treated lumber not being what it used to be and whatever they got to deal with that. It's like, well, the lumber yard has to deal with that too. The shit shows, and the stuff that goes bad there, it's like, it's much harder for us to return and get a credit for that than it is for the contractor. Contractor can drive back to the lumber yard. We don't get credits for that. The only time we've ever got a credit is if something wasn't treated properly. Yeah. That's it. We've yeah. never got a credit for like... Yeah, you we, don't get to take one back and be like, this one's a little bit too twisted. It's twisted. <laughs> like, that doesn't you happen. You just eat that. We, like, I'll bet you if you were to dig into our 4 by 4 SKUs from the time we started until now, I'll bet you we've thrown out a quarter of our 4 yeah, by 4s Yeah, you don't make money on 4 by 4s Ever. Ever. Or 6 by 6 or like, maybe even two by six. <laughs> <laughs> and we do a better job than most, I believe. And we get told all the time, like, you guys lumber is really good. Because we take, we try, we do our best to take care of it. But it's just like. Yeah, we buy $5,000 worth of staples a year because our guys close the bags every day at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. 25%. I'll bet you I'm not wrong on that. Probably I'll, not. I'll bet you at least 25% of our four by fours get thrown in the garbage. Yeah. And like, what do you do? Guy brings it back and was like. Well, I was going to try and build a fence with this, but it's so wonky, I can't even carry it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He hands it to you. You can't pick it up because it's so whacked. You're like, yeah, yep. Yeah. I guess throw it in that pile over there and then grab a new one. Sorry. Yeah. And so as a contractor, you expect that to be replaced for free. Yeah. As a lumberyard, you'd love to charge for that again because I didn't get to pick the 4 by 4s when they came to me. Yeah. They showed up in a bag, taped and banded together. You don't get to. Pay, you don't even actually see them. They're so covered. Yeah. So you just snap that band. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of them on. hits you in the chin <laughs> as it's like twisting right away. Yeah. And they're like, you don't get to call the distributor. You don't get to phone them and be like, hey. So, anyways, these are really crooked. They're like, yeah. Click. That's it. Yeah. That sounds how that like goes. you need more. Then. <laughs> yeah, I guess I need a few more. <laughs> yeah. What else you got, um, the credit accounts are more strict. Mm, yeah. I don't, there's credit accounts. <laughs> <laughs> like You don't just have one customer owing you a bit of money at the end of the job. Yeah. But, like, but what angle are you taking on this? You're saying like 
getting credit from vendors. I'm saying from vendors, right? From so if dealer. you like purchase material and they tell you it's 30 days, it's 30 days. Yeah. Or you don't get more product. Yeah. Well, and that's how a dealer should work too. It should, but they don't <laughs> typically, yeah. right? Typically they don't. So anyways, those are a lot more strict. And then on the distribution side, it's even worse. Yeah. They get 10 days. So it's like not yeah. ideal. Uh, you're expected to give credit accounts. Yes. That's the thing. You become the bank when you open retail. like, And you are as a contractor as well. Sometimes you're footing the bill for, for your customers as well. But it's a lot easier to get a deposit out of a customer than it is to get a deposit out of a contractor as a credit account. I get yeah. this $30,000 order. I'm going to need you to put twenty five down. <laughs> They'd be like, well, no, I'd want, I'm going to put it all in my account. Um, and that's fine. That's how the industry works. But unfortunately, you turn into a bank pretty quick. All of a sudden, and people like look at you weird when you don't, right? So, like for the first two years, we didn't have credit accounts. No, that's not true. We didn't formalize credit accounts. We lent money to people, <laughs> but we didn't ever have any documents about that. Right. Chase them at the end of the year. So we're learning. A little more formal now, but we like we now pay a person to manage that for us. Yeah. That it took that before it actually turned into something legit. Yeah. So. Credit accounts cost us money because we had to put a person in. And then, yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go down some examples and whatnot, but I'm just not going to. Credit accounts are, you become a bank and you end up, you can end out a ton of money that's owed to you uh, yes. at any given time and getting it back. From, I mean, contractors know this, trying to get money from clients too. It's like, that doesn't stop there. The dealers deal with that as well. Yep. So mm-hmm. until they just go bankrupt, they're just like, the difference is at least the contractor's homeowner probably has a house they can lean at least. Whereas a lot of contractors don't have assets. Not many. Right. Well, they have a truck and trailer and tools. Maybe if they're not leasing it. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. Like it's, it's tough. Yep. Um, the cost of operation is so high. And so what I mean by that is, like our tools are more expensive. And so like a track saw is $600 and a trailer. And is, I've been trying to get guys to buy those for how long? Yeah. And a, and a trailer to pull behind your truck to help deliver material is what? 12,000, 15,000. Yep. Um, your truck that you drive to work is like 60 to 90. But if you want a lumberyard truck, it's 250. Uh, what else? You pick things up. I don't know. Well, what, just would, your, what would be the equivalent of picking things up? Maybe your table saw and your miter saw. So that's cute. Yeah. Like table saw and miter saws, thousand bucks each. Forklift, seventy one eighty nine hundred, like ninety thousand, seventy eighty ninety thousand, hundred thousand. Yeah, for a forklift. People, you have one or two employees. Maybe you got a couple of crews. You get as high, but. Like yeah, and there'd be some operations that would have like a showroom or something that start to get into that, but it's it, like um, there's a lot of overhead in a retail operation when you start getting into operating as a full lumberyard. Imagine right, and the then space and the product and the inventory you're all carrying as well. And that's all the your, costs yeah, associated with overhead that. is big. Mine is also like now your stuff starts to break down. Yeah. Right? And it costs, it doesn't, like it doesn't cost a couple hundred dollars to get a saw fixed. It costs $14,000 to get your delivery truck to run again. Yeah. Like, 
Got experience with that lately or? Nope, not lately. <laughs> that was this spring. <laughs> <laughs> this is like wild, right? Yeah. Nine for the other one. But and I mean, yeah. Then I, you stop taking them in. You're just like, whatever. I just think <laughs> that you can, the overhead on doing the same revenue, like let's say you're a bigger contractor doing like a few million dollars a year and then you're a retailer doing a few million dollars a year. Yes. The overhead in those two different scenarios is drastically different. It's the, yeah. Drastically different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, like what would rent be for a contractor who is doing, let's say the contractor is doing like two and a half million dollars a year. Do you think he even has a standalone building at that point or is he still probably, or she probably operating out of their own house? A bit of a house or at least small, like thousand, two thousand, three thousand square foot space or something. Yeah. But it's for sure not an acre and seven, ten thousand square foot building and like, yeah. So rent for that is probably a thousand bucks a month, maybe fifteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah. I was like, that's like that's not even and if they're in their house, they're just writing off their mortgage and utilities there. So Absolutely. it's actually the, the other way. Yeah. They're making money doing that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So overhead's a lot. Um, I wrote that people Why do we do this? People because you're like because you thought Why it'd do be we do great. This? You want to go back to building? Now you want we to build. We could build a hell of a deck building company right now. We certainly could. Like we could like contract a shit out of some things. Just like walk away. <laughs> it was like, poof. Yeah. Did you see, I saw a clip the other day on Instagram maybe, and it was an abandoned Walmart. Like Walmart just pulled everything out, just like gone. Oh, yeah. And like, but all the shelving was there still. Like yeah. they left all the gondola shot, like gondola shelves and stuff. Yeah. But there was no merchandise in the store. And you walked in and it was like, it looked like a Walmart. It's like cheaper for them to do that than to pay somebody to Mm -hmm. empty the building and demo it and whatever else. Like, yeah, don't need this anymore. (laughs) Done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, People can come to you and you don't get to just leave the store. So like as a contractor, you go to someone's house and you show up there, you walk into their space. And when you're done with that, you leave. And you can say no. That's, that's what I meant behind that too. Is like, if you run into somebody that you don't want to deal with, like yeah. you're like, this is not a good fit. I don't want to work with this person. You just, you just email them and then that's over. Yeah. Or you do a, <laughs> like a, you send them a PFO bid, right? Yeah. There's like thousand square foot deck, $48,000. Yeah. Or a hundred, sorry, a hundred square foot deck, hundred square foot deck, $48,000. Like go away. Yeah. And they open it and they're like, that's ridiculous. And then they don't call you back and you're like, yep, all good. Yeah. You don't get to do that in retail. Yeah. You're like, your door always accessible. Your door is open. They just walk in over and over. Whenever they want. And over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot harder to choose your customer, I guess, is what I was trying to get at with that with, uh, in retail. Yeah. I did that one time, though. Like, I, I chose a customer one time. You can certainly. It's not impossible. Just harder. Yeah. <laughs> yep. One guy ended up just finally being like, I'm not interested in selling to you. Yeah. And... Like you should have seen this the shock on his face when I said that, because uh, because it's not standard for somebody in a retail location to say that to you. Yeah. So, anyways, he was like grinding and grinding and grinding on price, and it was like these guys got this on discount, and these guys over here got this on discount. And this is blown out, and blah blah blah, and then and then the boards, a couple of the boards were scratched, and so I gave him a little bit more discount on that, and then then he was mad about something else, and so he thought it, and then. A free delivery, and then there was there was one more thing, and I finally I threw in the free delivery, 
And then he, I don't know what happened. And then he called and he was just like, I want one more thing. And I was like, it's all off. And he was like, what? I was like, it's all off. I've taken it all away. I don't want to sell to you. I've now I'm done. And he was like, what? No, what? I had that so cheap. And I was like, mm-hmm. and you, and you couldn't stop. And so now I've, now I've removed all of the discounts and the delivery and I've deleted your quote. I'm not selling to you. And he was like, well, but now I got to order it from Lowe's. And I was like, good. <laughs> and I said to him, I was like, you better hope you don't run short because they will hose you on one board. And if you come here, so will I. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, he apologized. He was like, I'm really sorry that I did that. I didn't, I didn't think about that from your side. And I was like, that's okay. I'll sell these boards later to somebody else who actually wants to buy them. Yeah. So, yeah, and he did call me later and he bought two solid edge boards. I paid full price and he paid delivery. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, it's tricky. Price matching is a reality. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy That's it. as a contractor to deliver. That's the last thing. That was all I had, which is good. You're like sitting cross-armed. You're as like, you're closed. You're done. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's an expectation at retail that you will price match, and that's fine. You can, but with the contractor, there some people might ask, like, can you do this? But it's a lot easier to justify and differentiate your contracting services than it is to justify, or sorry, than it is to differentiate your your retail services. When you're selling Trex Island Mist twelve foot boards to somebody, and they can also go to somewhere else and get twelve foot Trex Island Mist twelve foot boards, it's a lot harder to explain why your price might be different or what makes you a better place to shop or how you provide more value and whatever else like you can, but it's just harder to, it's harder to differentiate your, your offering from another retail location than it is for a contractor to differentiate their services from another. Right. Correct. And so, um, because one comparison is identical product and with contractor it is contractors it is it's not never it's not it's never an identical product. nearly none of it will match yep. and so it's easy to be like well i either have a website or i have a portfolio or i have all these things and so choose me because i'm more expensive or don't that's fine yeah but when it's like lumberyard b down the street sells the exact same board as you it's like exact same board i think there's also an expectation like with okay. with uh, delivering the contracting services you can say like, no, I deliver, I do this and this and deliver a, a more premium product. And people are like, okay, I get it. I would pay more for that. But it's like in retail, they're like, okay, I appreciate those extra things you do, but I would still like to pay this price for them. Like I would, I would like to buy it here from you, but I don't want to pay more for those services that you offer. Yeah. Right. Like you still end up just end up being at market price. Yes. Like everything is basically commoditized. Uh, that's on the shelves. It certainly uh, is. Everything in there, right? Yep. It's it, your your labor is not a commodity. As much, like it doesn't fluctuate like a commodity does. Right. Oh, we didn't even get into that. So you <laughs> want to talk about getting hosed on shit? Like uh people are like, "Oh, everybody's making a killing on lumber." Uh yeah, as it climbs. What what do you <laughs> What do you think happens when it drops off at the back end? Less of a killing. You make less of a killing when it drops off on the back end. And you bought it all during the summer when it was high mm-hmm. to have the inventory. So now the inventory is there and then it falls off. Like, yep. what'd you make on lumber this year? Uh, 
Negative. Like I paid to take that out of the forest <laughs> and never, <laughs> never made a dime. Anyway, so I don't know. It's some of that stuff's a little tricky. Uh, trying to upsell those things. So when you were talking about that, how somebody wants to come into the store and they want like a premium product and a premium service and all that stuff. So then you like imagine doing an estimate for someone. And so you're a builder and you get to do the estimate and say, uh, the deck costs $15,000 and I'm a premium builder. And so you get a great board, but they come into our store and all they look at is the bottom number versus bottom number, right? They go to like some other store in our store. And so if our employees, because they have a little more knowledge, they put Protect-A-Cut on there, like they put end cut treatment in the quotes and they use different hanger fasteners and they use G-tape and they do a striped board, like a variegated board as opposed to a solid color board. All of those things are not significantly more, but at the end it is. Right. Yeah. And so like $1,500 or $2,000 more. And the customer's like, oh, see, boutique store, told you. Yeah. Told you. We had one where they compared, uh, they brought a deck package in from another lumberyard. Like this was in Saskatoon area. Mm-hmm. And that lumberyard forgot railing and stairs. Yeah. And the customer called us and was like, this is unbelievable. Like you're three grand higher. Like what's going on? It's like. Yeah, at least they called. Yeah. Usually you wouldn't even get a shot to explain it, right? Yeah. So then uh, Robbie was able to convince them to send us the quote. And so they sent the quote to us. They like whited out all the numbers so we couldn't see the numbers. I don't care. That's fine. It doesn't matter to me. And they sent it in and Robbie looked at it and then like within seconds replied, was like, you have no railing and you have no stairs. Go buy it from them. And they were like, what? What? No, I asked them for the whole deck. It's like, well, yeah. But it was a 12 by 12 deck and they sold you 16 foot joists and 16 foot deck boards and no railing and no stairs. So go to it. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I guess maybe we should just buy it from you. That's what I think, but... Yeah, you're also up against this massive... We keep leading into other points. You're up against this massive misconception that box stores have to be the cheapest. They're the cheapest across the board on everything. You can't possibly compete with them. You're a boutique shop. That in itself usually usually, uh, triggers a premium price in people's minds yeah so you're just constantly battling battling these misconceptions about what a small specialty shop might be able to do against the marketing budgets of the giant box stores that are in everybody's neighborhoods and it's like that's that's tough to compete against it's tough to beat that mindset the mindset not the prices you can compete on the prices no problem prices like we get reviews all the time that say our prices are better yeah it's the perception that's and perception wins. Every time. If you think it's cheaper there, you're just going to go there in the first place half the time. Like a lot of people do that. Yeah. And I've had, like, I've had people I know that I was like, how did you, why would you not come to me? You know what I do. Yeah. And it's like, well, we just thought the, the railing would be cheaper at Home Depot. So we just went and got it there. You didn't even give me a shot. You didn't even check to see. Yeah. Just so you know, you spent an extra 10% you didn't have to spend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. It's certainly not like, what are we, we're seven years in now. It's not, uh, it's not what it was seven years ago. I've learned, we've learned a lot. Yeah. And so this whole episode. And it's not like, yeah, go ahead. It's not, I'm not trying to tell people not to, just 
because I do enjoy what we do. I I wouldn't I wouldn't undo it and not do it. But like I said, I was never motivated to be like, you know what? By year seven, we better be making like deep into the six figures and like. Well, like I wrote that number down. So that's <laughs> <what> we were. <laughs> but I mean, like, you better be motivated by things other than money if you want to step into the retail building materials landscape. Um, you like there can be money, but you got to scale it way up. You're not going to do it just being like little operation and and again you can there's certainly money to be made if you're if your intention is just to self-serve your own jobs and whatever else and you can convince some distributors that you are a retailer so they'll sell to you at wholesale sure there can be a little bit extra there but if you're planning on scaling to ser- serve the general public and have like lots of traffic and high sales and everything it, like that comes with a massive amount of overhead along with it and just like it's another full-time job on top so yeah. Reach off to manage both. Yeah. So do like not saying don't convert to retail, but I'm just saying I feel like there's this rosy picture of all this money that can be made by doing it. And the reality of the situation is there's a lot more money in in the service contracting side of the business. And you will not convince me otherwise. I feel like I made we like were told that. more money to be made when I was building decks than there is selling the decks now. It's not even close. Uh, it's not. When close. we were in uh boy i don't remember i don't remember where we were but it might like it was year two we were down in the state somewhere at a trade show and we talked to uh the guys in ontario and i remember we were at dinner and one of them was just like no matter what you do don't ever stop doing the installs Installs. because that's how you'll make money you won't make it to not without installs right and i was just like that was like year two we were still like had no overhead. We're like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like the install is not where it's at. Like, yeah. the selling is way better. Yeah. People pay you, you know, they pay you up front. And it was a different business then than it is now. 100% different business. I was also thinking about this the other day. That first year, and I was thinking about the comment from the other guy that's brand new into it. He was like, it's, it's awesome. Doors aren't even open yet. It, yes, it's awesome. We were having fun too. We used to go out, you and I, and wipe off... The dust yeah. from every board that we put on yes. a truck. We're yeah. like, we're gonna wash these. Nobody's doing this. <laughs> like, do you have, like, how is it's you? I wish that's could, not scalable. I wish we could <laughs> like, still do that. I wish that was yeah. still something that our team did. But it'd be great. But it's like as you get bigger and busier, you can't. Like when you're the only two and there's no payroll, <laughs> and it's like all you have is time. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, you can do that little bit extra that you think you do, like matters to somebody. Two like, deliveries a day. Yeah. You're like, that's awesome. Yeah. But the, like, there are days right now that we'd have like 15 or 20 go out. Yeah. And how do you, like, you can't wipe that down. There's no, Yeah. not only can we not wipe them down, we can't get them out the door properly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they got to be done again. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, um, it, uh, it's, there's lots to learn in the yeah in the retail side of the business. That's for sure. One of the oh no oh no your phone, phone died. just died. One of the uh, one of the things that I did talk about with the with the guy who's opening his new store was like whatever he wanted to talk about. I was an open book, willing to share all the information, willing to like help figure out what he wanted to do, and that yeah. like that's still there. I'll still visit with people if they want to open a store. Oh, and that's where I get the impression that there's a lot of guys trying to do us because, excuse me, a lot of them message us, email us or contact us, whatever, and be like, you guys did this? Like, can I pick your brain? Sure. Absolutely. 
Um, we've learned a lot. I'm willing to share what we've learned. We didn't learn it all. Like we didn't learn it all by ourselves initially. Like we've had people, I still have people that I talk to all the time, mentors that we like lean on and ask questions to. And what do you guys do for, you know, different scenarios Yeah, and they help explain it. So you you just, you're going to need some help. You're going to need some support along the way. And so, uh, this episode isn't to be like, yeah, like you said, don't. It's just like, open. do it for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, do it for the right reasons. Yeah, be aware that it's not all awesome. Yeah, you don't want your bones to hurt anymore, and you want to stay in the industry. Well, that's a, that's an okay reason. You like can't possibly do it on the. But you know what? You could continue your contracting business, not necessarily on the tools too. That way, like mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. But anyway. yeah, we have some contractors that that we know that are struggling too because they were like trying to get off the tools and did that different like wrongly <laughs> you know it's like if you're just going to get off the tools that's fine but realize that it's going to be less profitable your company now has new overhead you yeah as a <laughs> yeah. manager yeah right you're not now you're no longer pulling your own weight so yeah exactly so that's all there is to it uh i suppose if you're going down the path of uh, doing this and you do want to pick brains we'll be at deck expo i know there's a, been one or one two people that have asked if we can meet up at deck expo to kind of like they want to get into retail and do it and whatever so we've got like not that we have all the answers we're still learning and there's certainly guys that have probably been in the game for 20 years that are probably listening to us being like idiots yeah <laughs> right like yeah yeah and we learned Absolutely. mostly by doing we didn't come out of like you mentioned your dad owns a lumbiar but no, at no point like i we, had no we, part of that we, company we, right there was no experience we drew from that nope I didn't so, work for him. Right. And yeah. so uh, we've learned it all on our own. We've kind of implemented things based on just like doing it wrong and then doing it, trying to do it right and then trying to fix it and whatever else. There's I some think things we, like, we do it wrong and then we do it less wrong. Right. That's what we're yeah. in the stage of right now, yeah. doing it less wrong. Yeah. And so that maybe helps us to like snap out of the mold of what a traditional lumberyard might do certain ways. But there's also things that's like traditional lumberyard would be like, they're probably way better to do it that way than what we came up with. Yes. <laughs> but So anyways, sh- uh, reach out if you like, but... Um, well, we're not telling you shit. <laughs> just <laughs> just shedding some light on the fact that it's a tough business to be in. It's not just all like, oh, you did... Oh, yeah. Millions. Like, I buy, I buy a quarter million dollars of stuff from you guys, so you're killing it. Yeah, well, after your discount and all thank the over and everything so else... Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. But <laughs> that pays like a fraction of one guy's wage. Yeah. yeah. 250 grand, so... <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's good. I still love it though. Like I still think that most of the time I want to come to work. Yeah, it's it's a great industry. I enjoy myself, but yeah, we ain't rich. Not, Not yet. yet, right? Not Just yet. like next year, probably though. I bet you it really all just like opens up in year eight. Year ten is my guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, that's all for us this week. Uh, if you are planning on being at down at Deck Expo, reach out to us because we will be there as well. And uh, we're there Sunday to Friday. So we'll see you there. Hey, thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site. Come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.